0: Hey everyone, welcome into the BT Powerhouse podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bendit. I am the host of the podcast and I'll be with you here for the next 30 minutes or 40 minutes. We'll see how long we go today. <laughs> but uh, it is Wednesday, December 28th, just coming back from the Christmas weekend and we are at an exciting time of the season and uh that's that's not hyperbolic here at all. Big Ten play officially started yesterday. We have some, some legitimate conference games uh, to reflect on. Two more tonight. Uh, one certainly more interesting <laughs> than the other. Um, and, but we, you know, there, there really are great games for most of the week here uh, for the conference. You know, not only tonight, but um, on Friday as well, you get Michigan State Northwestern. Um, And then on Sunday, you just, you got a whole handful of games that, that really look in trading in particular. I'm excited about that Minnesota Purdue game, that Michigan Iowa game. Uh, There's just a lot to like uh, across the board um, this time of year, you know, it's, it's fun and it's exciting. And we finally get to see a lot of these teams face real competent uh, (laughs) competition. Um, So it's, it's an exciting time, you know, not to keep ranting about that. Uh, but, you know, last, last night we get four Big Ten games. Uh, yeah, four, which is, which is kind of crazy. Um, you had things start out with Penn State Northwestern. Northwestern comes out on top. You had Maryland, Illinois. Maryland blows the doors off Illinois. Um, I should say Northwestern blew the doors off Penn State as well. Uh, then you get Wisconsin and Rutgers. Wisconsin grabs the 20-point win, and then things close with, frankly, the only close game of the day, which was an overtime battle between Michigan State and Minnesota. Really a hard-fought game, and additionally, a game that both teams really needed, but ultimately, the Spartans triumph after a really crazy comeback. Uh, you know, I, I actually was thinking for a lot of the second half that it was about over, but the Spartans come back from the dead, so to speak, and grab the win. So, uh, but you know, every game had had kind of an interesting twist or turn, even if they weren't all competitive. Um, but obviously, the one that's going to draw the vast majority of the interest was the old uh, the Michigan State Minnesota game, and for obvious reasons. But I'm going to start, you know, as I mentioned on our last. Uh, podcast or maybe the one before that but we're going to try to keep on the format here uh you know the first segment is going to be our just reacting to whatever is on our minds um as far as uh the big 10 you know what's going on the big story then kind of take our segments uh the second segment will be you know jumping from the top of the conference to the middle to the bottom and then the final one' we'll, we'll just be you know focusing on a particular topic or two that that really have our interest uh going forward um and kind of what to expect so obviously you know starting with the four games last night, those are really the only major uh significant things here over the last couple of days uh you know last weekend you know as i as I said leading into the week you know in a couple of posts and on the podcast really the the <laughs> Christmas weekend is always dead as far as college basketball goes, you know, for better or worse, it just is. Um, So really the only, the only games we have to react to are last night. So I'm just going to start with the first one in terms of time and uh, when they were scheduled and and trying to jump through and we'll have uh, Casey, one of our writers is going to jump on a little bit later, but, you know, starting with that Northwestern Penn state game, I think on paper, a lot of people thought it was going to be pretty competitive you know, Northwestern traveling on the road to face a Penn State team that was looked like it might be getting a little back on track. You know, they beat St. John's on the road. They blew the doors off Morgan State, you know, a bad Morgan State team, but they blew the doors off them uh, at home coming into that game. You know, Northwestern on a big-time winning streak, really since uh, the week of Thanksgiving. They, they've been undefeated. You know, they beat Dayton. They beat DePaul. Uh, you know, big time winning streak, uh, come into the game and Northwestern, frankly, just demolished them. It w- it wasn't competitive. The, the score final score ended up being 87, 77, but it was not that close. Um, don't, uh, don't buy into it at all. <laughs> you know, Northwestern, you know, to put, to put things into context here, uh, you know, Ken Palm has their in-game statistical projections, so to speak, uh, northwestern was a well above 90 percent the entire second half and frankly they crossed the 90 percent barrier uh, with a few minutes left in the first half so I mean they were never in serious uh, position to lose in the final 10 minutes they were basically stuck at 100 um, percent as far as you know what to take away from the game going forward so on obviously you know the emergence of Scotty Lindsay is something that it needs to be talked about more nationally. He has scored double digits in every single game. That was obviously the best game he's had all season with thirty-one points, five rebounds, two assists. Uh he was just fantastic. I mean, there there's no way around it there. And if he can play at that level, uh he really changes the dynamic for Northwestern. Cause then you got two guys who can score in the backcourt, you got Big Law, and then you got that, that front court that doesn't necessarily have a lot of scoring threats, but has experience. You know, those guys are crafty. And, uh, you know, you have Benson who certainly on paper looks like he could emerge down the line. So uh, where, where do I, you know, as far as going forward, I'm not going to overreact too much to a win against Penn state. As I've really been saying since the preseason, I never really bought into Penn state that much this year. I think next year the Nittany Lions will be a team to watch, but I just don't think they're there yet. And, you know, as far, as far as Penn State goes, uh, we'll get a much better idea of where they are when they face Rutgers on Sunday, uh, the game is in Piscataway. I, I think you'll get an idea of whether Penn State really just isn't that great, which is kind of what I expect. I think Rutgers will win that game. But, uh, you know, Northwestern gets a huge road game on Friday. They go to East Lansing to face the Spartans. I think that's when we're going to know what... Northwestern team. This is not because I think Michigan State is any elite opponent, but a legitimate road atmosphere, a well-coached team, um, and a team that has guys who can play. They have athletic guys, and they have, you know, some guys with experience like Harris uh, McQuaid. So I mean, I, I think that's when we're going to find out about Northwestern. Uh, at the moment, I think the Spartans are going to grab that game, but we'll we'll see. You know. Obviously, the Miles Bridges question is always a huge one uh, for Michigan State here over the last couple of weeks or so. But moving on from that game, I guess my my only takeaway is hesitantly buying Northwestern, but really not sold on the Wildcats uh, just yet. But moving to the second game, as I mentioned, you know Maryland just blows the doors off of Illinois. That game was not competitive at all. Maryland just destroyed Illinois, and frankly, the only player who even showed up for illinois was malcolm hill and he wasn't even necessarily that great it was just no one else could do anything uh part of that was due to maryland just playing really well but the other part of it is uh illinois just looked really bad uh the front court was pretty mediocre all night uh he rotated in a couple guys weren't really getting any production um they got, they got beat on the boards. They got beat from long range. They got beat from short range. It was just a complete uh, dis- destruction. Um, as far as what I would take out of this going forward, um, starting with Maryland, I've been saying for a couple weeks, I've said it on this podcast a couple times, be wary of Maryland. They are a dark horse Big Ten title contender. Do I think they're as good as Indiana, Wisconsin, and Purdue? I do not. But their schedule is very, very favorable. Maryland plays so well at home, and I I think you saw it in this game because Maryland had no business beating Illinois like this, but they did. And do I think that's solely because the game was at home for Maryland? Of course not. But this was a huge win. Grabs them a nice quality win to add to the resume. Keeps them uh, undefeated over their last, what, Uh, six games. So they got a six game winning streak right now. They're 13 and one overall. And they get a pretty interesting stretch here over their next uh, five games. Um, Per Ken Palm, they're an underdog in four of those five, but not a significant underdog really in any of the games. uh, As far as I'm concerned, I always typically view them as, uh, you know, zero to 40%. 40 to 60% and then 60 and up kind of as my rough gauge of how likely are you to win the game, you know, so on and so forth. Is it a coin toss? Is it not? A lot of people also like the, you know, zero to 25, 25 to 50, 50 to 75, 75 to a hundred. Maryland, you know, they're favored against Nebraska. They have a 27% chance to beat Michigan on the road, 39% chance against Indiana at home. As I said, Based on their home court advantage, I think that's underselling it. Um, I, I think that's going to be a scary game for Indiana. It's also a night game. Uh, that's Tuesday, January 10th. Be wary if you're a Hoosier fan of that one. Um, they follow that game up with road trips to Illinois and Iowa, which are, they have a plus 40% odds to win either of those games. So I, I think uh, this is an interesting stretch because this is where, you know, the uh, the rubber meets the road, so to speak, for Maryland. You know they're 13 and one, but their advanced stats profile does not match a 13 and one record. So these next five games, if they're going to pick up wins, um, this is where they're going to come from. If they're going to sort of outperform that advanced stats formula, so to speak, and I frankly I think they could win all these games. I think the toughest one. Uh it's probably that Indiana game at home, but I I have gotten over the underrating uh Maryland in home games. But I would say so watch this next stretch for Maryland. I think they're a dark horse title contender in the Big Ten, but if they are going to contend, they have to pick up some wins here. They have to at least get two or three. If if they go one and four as they're sort of projected, you know, they're probably projected more of uh two and three. But, you know, as I said, they're only favored in one individual game of these next five. They need to pick up some wins here if they're going to do it. So keep an eye on that. As far as Illinois goes, uh, not looking good. You know, they they had that six-game winning streak coming in against Maryland. Uh, obviously, that's over. And they follow this up with a, a pretty tough schedule. Um, you know, they get Ohio State at home, Indiana on the road, and then back-to-back, home games against Michigan and Maryland, and then they're on the road against Purdue and Michigan. All six of their next, uh, I should have said, their next six games, uh, I don't know why I'm having trouble getting that out there, but uh, their next six games could legitimately all be losses. Uh, Ken Palm has them going uh, as an underdog in four of the next six, and the only games they're favored in are the home games with Ohio State and Maryland and their best odds are against Maryland with a 56% chance to win. So this is a very difficult section of the schedule, undeniably the toughest part, and I I really, you know, if you're Illinois, you have to to beat Ohio State on Sunday. I, I don't know how, I just can't envision a scenario in my own head where Illinois loses to Ohio State and they somehow turn it around and go on a run. It's certainly possible, but, I, I just have a hard time seeing it. So, for Illinois, huge game on Sunday, and I, I really think they they need to get the win if uh, Illini fans are going to feel good about where things sit. Um, moving on to the third game, that wisconsin Rutgers game. Uh, not a ton to take away, but don't um, me break it down. We have Casey, one of our writers on. Uh, Casey, how's it going?
1: Good, man. Hey, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, happy to have you back on here. Uh, we're moving into the, the third game of last night the Wisconsin Rutgers showdown. Um, I assume you got a chance to check out that one, but, uh, any, any thoughts out of that game?
1: Uh, yeah, well going in, you know, there wasn't Wisconsin tough to beat on the road. So it wasn't like they were 20 point underdogs. So it wasn't like we were going in thinking we were going to shock the world, but what we wanted was a, uh, you know, a hard fought game. And honestly they did, they cut it to eight late in the game. Um, and they did it without uh, Corey Sanders for the first 10 minutes of the game who had um, disciplinary stuff. But, yeah, so it was good effort all around. Um, definitely encouraging.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm quite as high. And I know the Rutgers fans are generally feeling encouraged by the game. Um, I don't know if I'm quite that, uh, that high on it just because uh, it's hard to feel op- too optimistic about a 20-point loss. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they they certainly fought. I I think the final was probably a tad misleading. Um, But Wisconsin had it in firm control the entire time. And uh, as you mentioned, you know, Wisconsin's a Big Ten title contender this year. They're basically unbeatable at home. Uh, I know they had a couple rough losses to start last year at home. But uh, they haven't lost at home since Maryland beat them on that uh, Mellow Trimble buzzer beater. Um, in January of last year, so they're, they're almost at a year of being undefeated at home um, now. And we all, we all know the history, you know, over, uh, under both Greg Gard and Bo Ryan of what, uh, what the Badgers do at home. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think Rutgers is going to get their first idea of how much they've actually progressed on Sunday when they get Penn State at home you know, a much, much easier opponent, uh, versus Wisconsin. So I'll be interested to see that. Um, but, uh, yeah, Wisconsin, you know, keeping the wheels rolling and, uh, moving on. And I, I assume they will, they will be in the big 10 hunt. So that's a valuable win in terms of that race, but moving into the final game of last night, Michigan state, Minnesota, Minnesota gets out to the fast start. Looks like they're going to take care of business and grab the win. But they kind of fall apart in the second half. Three-point shooting falls off. They miss a lot of free throws, uh, you know, although Michigan State missed a good share as well. Uh, what do you make of this one, Casey?
1: Uh, Minnesota, like in the first half, they looked good. They looked balanced. Uh, a lot of guys that can make plays. But in the second half, maybe it is, you know, uh, Tom Izzo having, uh, you know, all that experience that kind of kept his guys together. Keep going, and uh, they were able to fight back. I was surprised. I thought the game was over.
0: Honestly, yeah, I was the same way. You know, I I don't want to make it seem like Michigan State had some epic comeback in this game because it wasn't quite that. But uh, just based on how they played, I thought I thought they were done. But they came back. And they got it into overtime, and they ended up getting the valuable win. Uh, as I said, heading into this week for Michigan State, huge huge stretch here for the Spartans they really needed to uh win at least four of their next five and I was including this Minnesota game so they got one they get Northwestern at home uh well their next their next two are at home against Northwestern and and they follow that up with Penn State on the road and then they face this Minnesota team again on January 11th so uh I when I assumed they were going to lose to Minnesota as I mentioned uh, last night, I was going to say they needed to win the next four. I think they bought themselves a loss in the net, the next four, but, uh, if they want to feel any confidence in terms of their NCAA bubble, I, I think they need to win the next four, but obviously this is a big start. And, you know, if Minnesota can continue performing, this will be a, a really valuable RPI win for the Spartans. But, but with that, that wraps up our, our first section here. Um, let's get into the sec- second section and, uh, Let's start with the, the top of the Big Ten. Um, I don't think much has changed. Uh, Casey, get your thoughts on this. Uh, as far as the top of the Big Ten goes, you know, we only have one day of conference action and, and really only one of the top contenders played. But uh, any anything changed for you as far as the Big Ten title race? Uh, no,
1: definitely not. Uh, maybe Maryland moves in. Uh, you know, I still think they're not a complete team. But uh, Purdue, Wisconsin, Indiana, and maybe Maryland, but we'll see.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, that's how I feel. I feel like it's Indiana, Purdue, Wisconsin still. And then Maryland's in it just by virtue of the schedule. Uh, and, you know, as I was ranting about a little bit earlier before you jumped on with us, a uh, huge upcoming stretch for Maryland. If they're going to be a contender, uh, they have to take care of business or and steal a couple games here in the next uh, week or two. So, definitely something to watch, but uh, jumping into the middle, you know, we kind of had some teams separate, you know, Maryland destroys Illinois, Northwestern goes on the road and and wrecks uh, Penn state. Um, Any, anything changed for you as far as the middle of the big 10 goes, do you see any teams moving into that bubble or off the bubble uh, as far as the big 10 is concerned? Uh, Well, yeah, last week I was, you know, on the Rutgers train I think it's
1: safe to say they're definitely <laughs> in, the, in the bottom four. Um, but, no, I'm impressed with Northwestern going on the road yesterday. Uh, and then Illinois, I still think, is a strong team. They've had big wins. But we still have to see a little bit of the uh, the Big Ten games before you can rule them out.
0: Yeah, I uh, I was not on the Rutgers train, so luckily I, I didn't get caught by that <laughs> one off guard. But uh, – <laughs> um, for, for the other games, though, I, I think, as I mentioned, I think Maryland, you have to think of them as an NCAA tournament team at the moment. Um, I'm not saying they've earned it at this point, but it, you just look at the wins, they likely have upcoming and, and some of the schedule. And as I will say a million times between now and, you know, the next couple of weeks, Maryland is awesome at home. So do not count them out. You know, they get Indiana at home, they get Purdue at home. Uh, don't count them out in those games. Uh, but the, the two teams that I, I really sort of switched a little bit on, um, Northwestern, I, I said this a couple of weeks ago after they beat Dayton, but they're, they were quietly putting together a nice NCAA tournament resume. They certainly haven't changed anything since. Uh, there's, they've continued winning. You know They haven't lost since uh, right before Thanksgiving. And I think uh, this is a big next week or two for the Wildcats. You know, they get Michigan State on the road, they get Minnesota, um, and then they have two road games with Nebraska and Rutgers there. So just in their next four, they could potentially add three road wins and a win over a Minnesota team that's still pretty high in the RPI at the moment. Uh, I don't want to get off track. I know people are screaming in their cars about the RPI, but it it matters. So I'm going to count the teams as they are at the moment, for better or worse. But uh, so I, I think this is a, a nice resume b- boosting uh, stretch here for Northwestern if they can win in East Lansing, which obviously will not be an easy task, but um, definitely looking good losses. for the Wildcats. Oh Yeah, yep, and obviously to avoid the bad losses. And uh, and really, um, yeah, I mean, if they make it through this stretch, their only potential bad losses are Nebraska, who they get at the end of January, and then uh, a home game against Rutgers. And both of the, both of those are at home. So I I think you have to feel pretty darn good about avoiding a a bad loss all season if you can make it through this stretch. So definitely, definitely something to watch. Uh, On the other side uh, for Illinois, if you're an Illini fan, I don't know how you're feeling good right now. Um, They ended non-conference on a tear, but uh, that is a rough loss to Maryland. I already mentioned how tough the upcoming schedule is for the Illini. And I think right now is just hold on to your seats because, this month could get rough uh, for the, well, I should say next month, still a couple of days away from January, but uh, January could get rough for the Illini. I still think they can make the tournament, even if they collapse in the next month, but uh, just due to the difficulty of the schedule, but uh, it, it could really take a mental and emotional toll on the team. So uh, keep an eye out for them, but I certainly would have them outside of the field. I, w- I would say at this point, but um moving into the the last category here some of the bottom teams um Casey any any changes for you on on where the bottom teams sit uh you know Penn State got their doors blown off by Northwestern Rutgers loses to Wisconsin um and maybe one of the bigger stories uh Gill goes out for the whole season for Nebraska so any thoughts on any of these teams
1: Uh yeah I actually had Iowa in as one of the bottom four earlier. Um oh, they okay. lost four games four games in a row. Um and then they they beat Iowa State and then they beat uh northern Iowa and haven't lost. They got five games in a row. Um and tonight they play Purdue and I think they actually have a they they come in as big underdogs, but they have a chance to keep it close. So yeah, I think Iowa reached into the middle and out of the bottom for me. Mhm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I had Iowa outside the bottom. Uh, I want to say a week last week, but um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, they they had a mixed conference slate at best, or performance, I should say, at best. Um, so definitely been a good run for them. They get Purdue on the road tonight, and they get Michigan on Sunday at home, which is a game I want to talk about in a little bit. But uh, but yeah, the big the big thing for me. Uh, is, was Nebraska, you know, Anton Gill going out with injury for the season. I know a lot of Nebraska fans are talking about, you know, Gill didn't play that much. You know, he played about half of the team minutes. You know, he wasn't, you know, some huge star uh, for the Cornhuskers. But I, I think people really are underestimating the impact of that injury. Uh, first off, you know, Nebraska 6-6. Six and six, they already lost that home to Gardner Webb. that they're, they're only, uh, well, you know, okay. They got a win over Dayton and they got a semi respectable win over Louisiana tech, but they don't really have much else to show for it. They've gotten their doors blown off a couple of times. Um, they've, they've mainly lost to good teams, but uh, that Gardner Webb one was a, was a big hit. And, you know, they, they start big 10 play with Indiana and Maryland on the road. I, I'm pretty confident they're going to lose both of those games. Um, And then you're sitting at six and eight and you're staring down the stretch of your season. And uh, I, you know, I guess to put my argument into context here, you know, they have 18 games remaining, obviously all the big 10 schedule. um, And then they would get a 19th in the big 10 tournament, you know, whatever, wherever they're seated. But uh, you know, in terms of Ken Palm odds, they are favored in just three games the rest of the year. And those are home games against Iowa, Penn State, and Illinois. They are the biggest favorite they are for the rest of the year is against Penn State uh, on Valentine's Day, where they are, have 65% odds to win. The other two are barely over 50. So the thing is, is, if you think Anton Gill takes Nebraska, even down a couple spots on Ken Palm, suddenly those games flip. They're underdogs in those games. A couple of the other ones where they're narrow underdogs, they're now legitimate underdogs. Uh, I I think this is a thing where, you know, if you're an average team or below average, and then you lose a nice rotational guy um, in your lineup, it is a devastating hit. I think Nebraska's in big trouble. Uh, Frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if they had 20 or more losses this season. Uh, I think it's going to be a rough year for the Cornhuskers. But that was the biggest takeaway for me, as I mentioned, uh, my, my thoughts on Rutgers really haven't changed. I thought they were their 11 in one record was largely a byproduct of the schedule. I think they're better, but um, certainly not not a top end Big Ten team by any stretch of the imagination at this point. But uh, moving into our final section here, uh, before we let our, our listeners go here, um, you know we have some uh, <laughs> uh, you know some big games coming ahead. You know we got two tonight you know, Purdue, Iowa, Indiana, Nebraska, and we got a couple this weekend. Um, Casey, are there any games here over the coming days that you're really intrigued by or looking forward to um, or that you think could have an impact on on the Big Ten down the line? Uh,
1: Well, first, like you had mentioned before, uh, Penn State and Rutgers on uh, New Year's Day, that's going to be the test. If if Rutgers can't beat Penn State, then it's – it's off, you know what I mean? They're, they'll maybe win one or two games, but it's going to be a good gauge as to, you know, if they've really improved as much as we thought or if it has been just the schedule. Um, and then from there, you know, I'm, I'm really hot and cold on Maryland, and I want to see if they are, uh, you know, a top three, four team in conference or if they're just another, another uh, middle-of-the-pack group. Because they lost so much talent from last year, you know what I mean. They they brought in a couple uh, freshmen. Cowan is is real good that guard. Um, mm-hmm. And but they're just, they're going to go only as far as Melo Trimble can take them. So yeah, coming up, yeah. I want to see if they're uh, if they can separate.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by that. I I think the two two things that I'm I'm really intrigued to see this weekend. Um, you know, I I should say there are three games that that really pop out to me uh, as far as, you know, from now and through Sunday. Uh, the first is on Friday. I already talked about the Michigan State Northwestern game, but I think that's a really intriguing one for a multitude of reasons. I think it's a must-win game for Michigan State. they got to protect home court if they're going to make this NCAA tournament comeback. Um, and for Northwestern, hey, it's A, it's a chance to prove yourself. You know, a lot of people have been talking about the hype for them this year, and this is a chance to go on the road and – earn a quality win that will show up in March and then the other two are Sunday matchups uh, the first will be uh, yes the first will be uh, Michigan at Iowa and there there are a couple of things that that really intrigue me about this one and the first is Michigan has yet to win a road game this season I think this is one of their better opportunities to add one for the rest of the year you know otherwise you're talking about having to go to Minnesota or um, Indiana or something like that, where you don't have great odds to get the win. Let's just say that. Um, But I I think this is one of their better opportunities to do it, especially if Tyler Cook is not at 100%. Um, And then on the flip side for Iowa, you know, assuming they lose tonight where I don't think that would surprise anyone, you know, on the road against Purdue is not an easy game to win. Um, This is one of their games where, Uh, you know, Iowa needs to steal some games. You know, they had that mixed performance and non-conference play. They really don't have a lot to show for uh, the non-conference performance. They need to steal some games. This is a game at home against the Michigan team that hasn't been great on the road over the last couple of years. Uh, Great opportunity to steal a win. So I I think both teams need this game. Uh, I think Iowa needs it more than Michigan does, but it's a, uh, a key game for down the line as far as the NCAA tournament hunt goes. And then the other one is a late Sunday afternoon evening game uh, between Illinois and Ohio state. I already mentioned, I think this is a must win game for Illinois. They cannot afford to drop another one of these games, especially coming at home Uh, and, you know, especially coming at home, but also their next five games are extremely difficult I wouldn't be shocked if, frankly, if they dropped four or even five of them. And this is a game where I think they can win. I think they're in the same level as Ohio State. Um, and then on the on the flip side, you know, Ohio State is another team that had kind of a mixed non-conference performance. You know, their only big wins were uh, they got Providence, who's been all right, and UConn, who's drastically falling week by week. They're you know, UConn was getting their blow doors blown off by houston last time i looked today so i I think this is a, a game ohio state needs to get as well so two big ncaa tournament implication games on sunday um that michigan state northwestern game which i i'm really excited about and and next week is when the big showdowns start to happen you get indiana wisconsin so we'll talk about that you know on a different podcast but uh really excited about that around the corner but uh um, Casey, any, any final thoughts here on the Big Ten, college basketball, or anything else while I have you on here?
1: Just happy that the Big Ten schedule started, really. This is when we'll finally mm-hmm. see, you know, what some teams are made of, kind of get that middle sorted out because it's so big. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, tonight there's two games on the Big Ten network, so we'll see a little bit there. Uh, I think Iowa and Purdue is going to be closer than people think. Um, and then uh, also – Indiana plays a bowl game tonight, so that'll be cool for the Big Ten.
0: Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of exciting Big Ten action. I know they had the uh um Minnesota had the old double decker last night, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, for, I can't uh, believe that. Yeah, it it's always crazy when they have the you know, the classic uh two teams from the same fan base playing at the same time. But um I don't know what do you know what time that bowl starts? I'm curious if Indiana is gonna play have the same thing, but obviously both it games is. are, yeah, it is. It's, uh, oh, it's yep, right there we, we go. <laughs> uh, always great. You gotta love the TV scheduling, but, uh, but yeah, all um, right. other than that, um, thanks for everyone for checking us out. I encourage everyone to subscribe to us. Um, we're on all the, you know, the major, uh, you know, podcasting sites and, uh, I, I don't, I don't even know what they're called. half of them. But if you, if you listen to podcasts, I'm sure we're on there. Um, and definitely highly recommend people check out com over the next week or two. Tons of great content. You know, KT has some stuff up there right now. I have some stuff. Uh, so check it out. Um, and with that, uh, thanks, everyone. And we'll uh, check you out next time. Appreciate it.